Today's daf is daf nun gimel. We are going to begin uh, two lines from the bottom, or the last line actually, the bottom of nun beis amud beis. The Mishnah said, if the animal falls forward, then the owner of the pit is chayiv. So in a case where somebody's digging in the pit and the animal gets startled, and it's if it falls forward, the, animal, the owner of the pit is chayiv. And if it falls backwards, then the owner of the pit is potter. So I'm a rabbi. says, what's shot in the mission? Well, the fun of means the fun of mamish. It means it falls into the pit face forward. Then you're chayv. The achrav is the achrav mamish. It means falling backwards. also means falling backwards mamish into the pit. It means face up with its back falling first into the pit. And in both cases, the animal actually is falling and dying in the pit. And Rav Tamei, Rav follows the Shittos, like we learned earlier, the Amar Rav, Bor Shechiv Alav Torah, that the Chiv of Bor, that's written in the Torah, is Lehev Lechavato. It's because of the fumes, the toxic fumes that are created when you dig the pit, that is what kills the animal, that's what you're chayav for. But the actual impact on from the ground, when it hits the ground at the bottom of the pit, you would not be chayav, because that's karka olam. That's not something that's yours. You don't own it, and therefore you're not chayav for the ground, the impact that is that that that, that hits. But if the animal dies from the, the fumes, then you're chayav. The male, if the animal dies, falls forward, it's going to die from the fumes, because then it gets it in, in, in its face, and it goes into the animal's uh, nostrils. But if the animal falls backwards, so it's face up, it won't get the fumes, and therefore you will eat potter, because what will be killing it is the karka'olam, which Rav holds your potter for. So that's why Rav learned the Mishnah. Shmuel disagrees. Shmuel Amar Babor, if the animal actually falls into the pit, it makes no difference how the animal uh, uh, died, whether it died falling forward or it died falling backwards, you're going to be chayev. Shmuel Tamein. Shmuel goes Lishitos is following his reasoning. The Amar Lehevel Levichol Shekain Levchavato. He holds your Chayev for creating the byproduct of the Hevel and the ground which you directly turned into a damaging agent. For sure your Chayev wants your Chayev for Hevel and Chavato. So whether the animal falls forward or backwards, for sure you're going to be Chayev. I was shot in the Mishnah. The Mishnah says it falls backwards. Your Potter. What does it mean? You fall backwards. Your Potter. It's Mikol Hakriya. That means if the animal stumbled. Because of the uh, the sound, and it's and and you're gonna, why will you be potter? Because the niskal bar it means that it uh, the the digging caused the animal to stumble, and it sees the pit, and instead of falling forward, it fell onto the outside of the pit. The chutzpah, uh, which is uh, fell backwards outside of the pit. Falling on the ground outside the put, which everybody holds of there, bikarka olam, you're not bichayv, it's not your ground, and that's the case, you're potter. So according to Shmuel, uh, forward or backwards just means is it falling into the pit or falling out of the pit. It doesn't mean whether it's falling forward or backwards, it makes no difference. It just means if it's into the pit, you're chayv either way, if it falls out of the pit, you're potter either way. So that's the machlokas, Rav and Shmuel, how to understand Shat and the Mishnah. Eisivay, the one has a fallen kasha on Rav, because the Brysa says like this, babar, if the animal falls babar into the pit, whether it's forward or backwards, you're chayiv. That fits very well according to Shmuel's interpretation of the Mishnah, but not Rav's. So to Yuf to the Rav. So this Bryce would seem to be a refutation on the Pshita, on the on the on the on the, on the opinion of Rav. So I'm Rav Chista, Mori Rav, That Rav, when he said that you're not chayiv on chavota for the impact, was talking about the case of what he learned was the case of the Torah where you dug a bore in Rosh Hashanah Rabim. So you dig a bore in Rosh 
Rishus Arabim, and you don't own the ground, so Rav held you're not chayv on chavata, you're only chayv on hevel. But if you dug a bore in your own domain, in your own house, and then you were mafker the area around, letting people now, seeding it to the Rabbims. Now they, it's like a Rishus Arabim around the bore, but you still kept possession of the bore, then the ground in the bore is yours. In such a bore, Rav will agree to Shmuel that not only you chai for the hevel you created, but you're also chai for the chavotah. So the b'raisa that says that if a bore falls in, you're chai whether it fell in forward or backwards, he's talking about a bore that you made in your own rishus where you seeded the area around it, but you kept possession of the bore, so then you're chai for chavotah as well. And that's the more advanced. I'm Chista, by the Rabbi Bar if it's a bore in your own domain, the chai, they will be chai for whether it falls forward or back. Because the owner of the ox that got damaged can say to the owner of the bar, any way you look at it, if my animal died because of your hevel, you created the hevel. And if it died from the impact of the ground, that's caused by your ground. So either way, in the case where you own the pit, you're going to be chayv, ravel Rabbis is a different territory. We talk about it over here where the animal fell in face first and then contorted it, twisted around to Nafala Ape and it then, uh, uh, the Nafala it first fell, uh, face first, and then it turned over onto its back. So in such a case, when it actually hits the ground, it's face up. But nevertheless, the hevel da hani be hani be, the impact of the hevel when it first fell in face first, already took its effect and already is the source of the death of the animal, even though when it hits the ground it's facing up, but it's still already considered having been impacted by the hevel when it came in initially facing up. So when the Bryce said that when it falls in face up or face down, it means whether at the end it's dying, it died face up or face down, you're high because since when it's face up, it initially fell in face down and switched around, twisted around. That's why you're chayv, according to Rav. So you don't have to come onto a bar in the private domain, even Rosh Rabim, and it'll still be chayv for the hevel. Rav Yosef Amar Bar This case is a different case. When the case says that the bar, Bein Lefana, Bein of Chayev, he's not talking about the bar damaging the shore. We're talking about over here was that this bar was in a private domain, it was a water well. And an ox trespassed and came into the domain of the owner of the boar. And the ox fell in and damaged the waters of the boar. That's the case over here. Since the ox damaged the waters of the boar, then in this case... You're not chai for the damage to the ox because that was private domain. You shouldn't have been there. But the owner of the ox is chai for your water. That's what's happening over here. Sigmora says over here, that the ox caused the water to become, uh, to become putrid through the dirt that it, uh, it schlepped in. And, uh, and when it fell in, and therefore, in this case, that, so therefore, whether it falls in front or back, really is, makes no difference. Why even have to mention it? And before it makes it dif- I find it difficult. But nevertheless, that's the case over here. So it's not a kasha and rab. We're not talking about the damaging of the ox, damages of, to the ox. We're talking about the damages to the boar. The loshna makes no difference. Let's go right to. Tani Rav Chananya lesiyui de Rav. Rav Chananya brought a brayso in support of Rav's opinion. V'nafal the pasuk says v'nafal the person dug a pit or uncovered a pit and v'nafal shor v'chamor 
uh, that, that an ox uh, fell into it. So the lotion of Nafal, says Rabbi Hanani, is the normal way an animal falls. When it's a normal falling. What's a normal falling? The Chachamim understood it based on the way, the way they, the, the Mishnah is explained according to Rabbi Hananya is nafal fun of mikola kriya. If it fell forward because it was startled, right? Because I think it has to say the case was startled because if it's an intelligent animal, then it shouldn't be falling and therefore you'd be potter. But here the animal was startled into falling. So therefore you are going to be chayiv. La'achrav, if it fell backwards mikola kriya, then you'll be potter because there's no hevel in that case. In both cases, we went into the bar. So the bride clearly is understanding the way Rav explained the Mishnah and not the way Shmuel. Vaiter. Amar Rav. The animal fell forward because of the, it was startled from the sound of the digging, Yerachayev. Now, the way Rashi sets up the Mishnah is that there is an owner who dug the pit. So the owner of the pit dug it. And then he brought a worker to come and expand the pit. The worker is digging and is making a noise when he's digging. Now we're talking about over here, the worker did not dig the pit to begin with. The worker was the one who dug the pit. And for sure, he has to take full responsibility and liability on the digging of the pit. But over here, he was just hired to expand it. And he did not dig enough to become a partner in the pit. Like we learned a couple of blot ago, that when you dig a certain amount, you become a partner in the pit. So he's not. The only thing the worker is doing, he's making the noise that startles the animal and causes it to fall. Which is the very point that the Gemara is going to make. Is that Lechora, the initiator of this damage, the one that is causing the damage to happen, is the person digging in the pit. Now, you cannot be mechai of him because making a noise that causes the animal to fall is called a groma. That's a indirect. It's only causative. It's not a direct damage. So, therefore, he cannot be held accountable. But since he is the primary, one assumes he's the primary source of the damage because because of him the animal fell in, why are you holding the Baal Habor obligated? You should say the liability should rest on the uh, shoulders of the person digging the pit, and since you cannot be mechai of him because he, it's a grama, it's causative, it's indirect, therefore there should be no payment at all. Why are you holding the Baal Habar liable? That's the Gemara's question here. So Gemara is like this, if the animal fell forward because it was startled from the sound, the noise of the digging, then you mechai of the person who owns the pit. Why should you mechai of the person who owns the pit? You should say the digger, the person who's digging caused the animal to fall into the pit and therefore the balabar should be potter and you should not, and you can't go after the person digging because it's grama. The way to explain our Mishnah is how money, the author of our Mishnah is Rav Nosen. It's going like the opinion of Rav Nosen, to Amar Baal Habar That Rav Nosen considers in similar cases, we'll see, is that the owner of the pit, where the animal, dead animal is found, he's viewed as the primary source of the damage. Ultimately, that's where the dead animal is being found, and that's where the main source of liability has to fall. So therefore, and in, the, in cases such as this, as we'll see, where there's two parties involved, but the animal ultimately falls into the pit where you cannot collect 
either full damages or any of the damages from the initiator of the damage. So then the balance, the still mahai is collected from the second party, the party who is considered to be the primary damager. That is the opinion of Rav Nosan, as we're going to see in a moment. And that is how you'll explain our Mishnah, that no payments. You can't go after the person who caused it because of Grama, and you don't go after the Baal Habor. According to Rav Nosan, if you can't get it from the person who initiated the damage, if you go to the primary source of damages, the Baal Habor, and you'll collect full damages, Lechora, from the Baal Habor. Now, where is this Machlokas brought down? To Sanya, we learned in Abraisa, Shor you have Shor A, that violently attacked and hit Shor B and pushed it into Labor, into a pit. So, according to Chachamim, the uh, initiator is the primary damager, the one that Shor A, the owner of Shor A, and, uh, is considered primary damager. And therefore, all of the expenses, all the liability rests on his shoulders. The Baal Habor, who is going, he, according to Chachamim, is only a secondary damager. He, it ended up in the Bor, but he's not the primary damager, and therefore you cannot hold the Baal Habor accountable, you only hold the Baal Hashor, which is similar to the, the Makshan, the one who asked the question, was based on the Chachamim Shita. So Baal Hashor Chai, Baal Habor Potter. That is according to the Chachamim. Rab Nosson says, no, they both have liability over here. Baal Hashor Meshalem Mechza, Baal Hashor pays half, and the Baal Habor Meshalem Mechza, and the Baal Habor also is responsible for half. So that's, the b'risa that we see the machlos chachamim in Rav Nosson, but there's a second b'risa the Morris says, which seems to have a contradiction in Rav Nosson. Va'atanya we learned in a b'risa. Rav Nosson, I'm Rabbi Labon, Meshalom Shloisha Chalokim. The Baal Habor has to pay seventy-five cent three quarters, and the Baal Hashor only pays review, only pays one quarter. So how do we reconcile Rav Nosson in the two b'risas? So Morris says like this. That is Lokasha, Habatam, Habamuan. The two brides are not arguing, they do it in different cases. One is talking about a Tam that damages, and one is talking about a Muad that damages. So let's just step back for a moment. In the case of Muad, that's easy to understand. That in the case of Muad, since you hold both parties to be liable, and both parties should have paid 100%, so therefore you split it, each party pays 50%. So that'll be the brisa, the first brisa that says it's 50-50, Rav Nosson. According to Rachamim, the Baal Ashor is the only one you can hold responsible. So in the case of Muad, he'll pay 100%. In the case of Tom, he'll only pay 50%. You can't connect him from the Baal Abor. The question is, what is the pshat in the case of Tom in the second brisa? How does it become 25 and 75? Sigmora says like this. Says the Gemara, but Tom, Micah, Sover. What do you hold in the case of Tom? Why does it break down twenty-five to seventy-five? Now, to understand the two starting that the Gemara is going to propose, let's explain this outside. There's two ways we can look at when you have the two parties here. You have the one that gave the violent shove, the ox a gourd, a gourd B pushed it into the well, into the pit, and you have the bala bor. So according to Nelson, they're both considered liable. There's two ways to look at that liability. You could either say each one is 100% responsible. 
Each one can be viewed as 100% responsible. Rashi even throws in a svara that it could be that even the goring alone of shore A, shore B would have killed the animal. So therefore, each one is individually 100% responsible. But you can't make them both have to pay 100% to the victim. He doesn't get to get a walk away with twice the amount. So the way you divide it is 50-50. So therefore, that would make sense in a case where it's muad, right? But it could be where you hold it both. But if in a case of Tom, let's say we hold them both fully responsible. So we hold them both fully responsible. They both have to pay 100% of the damages. The case happens to be a Tom, since he doesn't have to pay 100%, so he would pay 50%. And the, and the Bala, the Bala Bor would have to pay 50%. So the Chora, if it's both are 100% responsible, just in terms of payment, the valet, the Tom can only pay 50, that's fine. You then, you should be dividing at 50-50. Why are you dividing at 25-75? So how are you going to tell me? No, there's another way to look at it. Is that since they're joint partners in the damages over here, this joint liability, each one is only responsible for 50% of what he should have been liable had he done it on his own. Because there's a partner, he's doing with a partner. If he was doing it on his own, he would have had to pay the full amount of what he would normally pay. By the time it would have been 50%, by the board would have been 100%. But now that there's a partner, so therefore the horror you're going to tell me is that then each one should only have to pay half of what he would have normally paid had he done it on his own. But then the number should break down as follows. The Baal, the Tom, the owner of the ox, who's a Tom, he should say, is normally on my own I would have paid 50%. Now I only have to pay 25%. So that works. The quarter works. But the Baal Abor should be able to claim the same thing. Normally, if I did it on my own, I would have paid 100%. But now, because we have joint liability, and I'm only responsible for 50 of what I would pay, I should only have to pay 50%, which totals to a total of 75. It should be 25 from the Baal Ashur, 50 from the Baal Habor, and there should be a write-off. The remaining 25% should be written off. Why are you making the Baal Habar pay the full 75%? That's not half of what his damages would have been. So therefore, if there's joint liability, 100 and 100, then it should break down to 50, each one paying 50. If, it's, if there's only half, uh, 50% liability on each one, so each one should pay 50% of what they would have paid. It should be 25 and, and 50, not 25 and 75. So we're trying to figure out how do you can't create in the second brisa answer of Nosen Sheet so that it comes out to be 25 and 75. That is exactly what the Gemara is asking right. They're going to ask right. Let's see inside. So the Gemara says like this. <coughs> So, Vatam Akasavar, what does Rav Nosson hold? How does liability work when there's joint partnership in the case of Tom? That we view each one as having done 100% of the damage, and therefore each one is 100% responsible, so then each one should pay 100%, but you can't each pay 100, it doesn't work away, so therefore it should be split to, in, down the middle. should be 50-50. But if Rav Nosson holds, the way it works is that we view it, each one is liable for only half of what his damages should have been. So then it should be the owner of the ox should only have to pay 50%, not 75 And the Balashar, I understand, pays Ravim, is a quarter, which is half of his damages. The Idach and the, and the owner of the dead ox, Riva, Mamsid, will lose a quarter. He should be riding off a quarter. So why are you making the Baal Habor pay 75%? Sigmar gives a number of answers to this. Amar Rova. 
Rav Nosan Dainahur. He said Rav Nosan is a judge, one of the primary judges, and therefore uh, he was uh, he was the uh, judge. He was one of the Avbeis uh, Dins. And, uh, and he knows how to go down to the depths of the law. He all like the first side, that each one is considered to be 100% liable. Right? And therefore, your question was, if you want to consider 100% liable, then it should be 50-50. Why did it come out 25 and 75? So this is a, a, a very interesting story. He says like this. If the, the, the Baal Ashur has the following claim. If I did it on my own, the bar, if my Tom did it, I would have paid 50%. Now I'm doing it with you. It means there's joint liability. Joint liability should mitigate what I'm doing. I should have to be paying less because I'm doing it jointly. If I do it together with you, why should I be just as severely punished as if I did it on my own? And where does it help me that, I'm a, that, that there's joint liability? So that's what his point is. He's saying is like this. He's saying, this, this is the Cheshman. In the 50% that I'm not responsible for, so obviously that 50% I'm not held accountable because even if I did it on my own, I wouldn't be held accountable. So the first 50% which I am held accountable for, on my own I would have paid 50. Now that I'm joining together with you for liability, so therefore there should be a benefit from the fact that there's joint liability, so I should only have to pay half of that. So therefore I should only pay 25% on my first 50 you should be splitting it with me because we're joint partners in it. So again, yes, instead of you paying the full 100%, on my 50% which you are joining me with, you should be splitting it with me. Now the second 50% you're fully liable for. That there's no, because I, I was not your partner in that because I don't, I don't have responsibility in the second 50%. So there's only the split is in the first 50%. So in the first 50%, I take 25, you take 25, comes out that I'm paying 25 and you are paying 75. That is the way, uh, Rob explains. With the Karkash Allah, you're going to have a question that if they're each responsible for 100% of the damages, so the Shalom High Palga, the High Palga, then each one should have to pay 50-50. So, uh, no. Because the Bala Shur can argue with the, to, the, uh, to his partner, the Bala Bor, and he can say, this joint liability, this partnership and liability, how did it help me? If I'm paying 50 either way, then being joint with you, where did that mitigate my liability? Obviously, we have to split on my portion in, because we're partners. That's, that, was, that is the way Rova understands it. Ibai's aim and a second solution is like this. That really each one is responsible only for 50%. Now your question was if each one is responsible for 50%, then it should come out. So then she, the original 50% that the Tom would have paid, he's only now held ha- half, he should pay 25. And the original 100% that the Bala board would have been responsible for, he should pay 50. And there should be a write off of 25. That was your question. It says, no. The reason is that the Bala Shor, the Bala Shor says to the uh, it, it, the, the, the reason why we don't say that is because Rav Nosan is more introducing the Svara that we're going to use for, for the, to explain the, the first part of, uh, the, of our Mishnah is that because the, the rule is that the Balha, the, the victim can say, you are the primary damager. My animal is at the bottom of your pit. 
So I will go after the Baal Hashor and collect what I can. But whatever I can't rolls over onto you. And that's as far over here. So Reb Nossin holds two things different in the Chachamim. One, he holds the primary damager is the Baal Habor, not the initiator. And number two, whatever can't be collected from the Baal Hashor is, is picked up by the Baal Habor. And that's how we get 2575. And that's the Gemara saying over here. Mishum the victim, the one whose ox died, says the Baal Habor to the owner of the, of the well. I find my, I found my ox in your well. At Katalta, you are primarily responsible for killing it. Fine, whatever I can get from the original, the person who pushed my ox into it, I'm going to collect from him. If it's Tom and I can only collect 25, so then when I can't collect from him, I collect from you. And therefore, that, the Mora saying is, and therefore it comes out that that's shot also in our Mishnah is that whatever I can collect from the guy digging, which is zero, then I have a right to collect the rest of it. The balance is going to be collected from the owner of the board because going like Rabnasan, he's the primary damager, and there's a rollover. Whatever can't be collected from party A, then you take from the primary damager, which in this case is the Baal Habor, and that will explain. According to Chachamim, they will hold... In the case of where it's one ox pushed the other ox into the bore, you can make some collection from the Baal Hashor, because they hold he's the, he's the primary damager, so you collect whatever you can, either 50% in the case of Tom, or 100% in the case of Muan. In the case of our Mishnah, since he's the primary damager, the guy making the noise, you can collect nothing, because for Grama, you can't collect from him. I ah, what about the Baal Habor? They don't consider him the primary damager, so you cannot collect from him at all. They don't hold that they, that you, you, they hold the initiator is considered the primary damage and you cannot collect from the second party. Okay, let's go weiter. Amarova. So we have an existing pit that one person dug and a second person put on top at the edge of the bar he put another, a stone. And a ox came of a third person, tripped over the stone and landed in the pit. and got killed in the pit. So, says the Gemara, this will be, the liability uh, allocation will be determined based upon the Machlok between Abnos and the Chachamim. The initiator is responsible for his primary responsibility, so that's the person who put the stone. That's what caused the animal to trip and fall into the pit. So, therefore, the full damages will be allocated to the person who put the stone. Nothing on the Baal Habor. According to Rav Nossin, who holds the primary uh, responsibilities really on the Baal Habor, the initiator will charge him what we can, and whatever the balance is, then we'll take from the Baal, uh, uh, we'll take from the Baal Habor. So, in the case of Tam, it would be in a can of twenty-five seventy-five. In a case of of of, of Mu'ad, it would be fifty-fifty, according to Rav Nosson. What's a pshita? This seems to be obvious. What's Rava being mechadash here? What's the novelty? So Zmaud the same. Uh, you might argue is that Hasam who that in the case where the one ox gores the other one and pushes it into the bar, the Amar Baal Habor Ashar, because the owner of the pit can say to the owner of the of the ox that caused the damage, the initial damage, he says, you need to at least, according to Rav Nossin, split it with me, or even according to Rav you have to bear the primary uh, cost of the expense, because because even without my pit, your animal, the gore, the impact that your animal had goring the, 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 the victim's ox, would have, would have killed it. But Aval Hacha, but over here, 
Matzi Amar Lei Bal Evan the Balabor. Here exactly the, the initiator would put down the stone. He can say to the Balabor, listen, yeah, I did something wrong. I put a stone down. But Ilav Bira Didoch, but if it wasn't for your pit, Avna Didi Mai Havavda, what would my stone have caused? You have a Mitkalba, if the animal tripped on it, would have landed on the ground, have an awful, would have got fallen down, a coin stood up. And therefore you can tie that over here, the Baal HaEvan can say to the Baal HaBor, you should be picking up the primary responsibilities. Without your Bor, there would not have been damage. Kamash Malan, so then Rovas come to teach us, no, the Amalei, because the Baal Abor can say back to the Baal Evan, Ilav Evan, if it wasn't for your stone, Lohavanafalbira, the animal would have walked around my pit, it would not have fallen into my pit. So your stone, it still makes you the primary, at least, at least, not even, if, not, if I'm the primary, but at least it makes you liable. According to the Chachamim, it makes you liable, you're the primary liability, because you're the initiator. According to Rabbi Nosson, it makes you at least partially responsible that you have to pay some level of liability. Itmar. Itmar asks the following question. Uh, it brings down the following case. Shor uh, Here you have two animals tag team. The shor is owned by one, and the other one it's a psul mikdoshim. Now, <clears throat> the way the Mephoshim explained this case is that the case of shor mikdoshim is a, a girsa that's got in parentheses, there's also a rashi in parentheses, that there was a mistake by the copyist. He thought Rashi says, "Hey Gimel, it's Achi Garcina." And if you put it into the Gemara, but as the Marshal and Marshal explain, "Hey Gimel" is a halachas gedolos, so not Achi Garcina, and therefore it's not the not Rashi's actual text. But the the case was that the short was Flamigdoshin that the animal had been. Uh, was, was, was either Bechor, and it, uh, well, let, let's not go with that case. The case, the animal had been a, 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 was consecrated and then got a mum, and you did not redeem it, which means that there is no liability of, of Shor. Because Shor is Shor Ra'eyu, you don't have liability when the Shor shall hegdish. And this, since it wasn't redeemed, you can't call it Shor Ra'eyu. So Shor Psalomagdoshim that was not redeemed. That's the key point when it says Shor Psalomagdoshim over here. So you have, you have animal A and animal B gored animal C. From animal A you'd be able to collect, from animal B you cannot because it's Psalomagdoshim. So therefore, what would be the din? So Abaya Amar Mashalam Chatzinezik, he says that you can charge animal, owner of animal A, you can charge Chatzinezik, but you cannot get anything from animal B, because animal B is, is no liability, because it is a Shorashal Hegdish. It's Sulam Hegdish, but it belongs to Hegdish though. Ravina Amar Mashalam Ravinezik, he says the most you can get from the owner of animal A is a quarter, and therefore you're going to have to write off three quarters, 75% will not be collected. Tzimara so says there's really no argument here in the rulings. Hava Hava Tam, they're both dealing with a Tam, except they're not arguing with each other, they're just expressing the different sheet as we had before in Amadala. Hakra the one that says you have to pay 25% is like the Rabbonin, because the Rabbonin's opinion is that the primary responsibility is, on, is an initiator. But over here, they both are considered to be primary. So they're both considered to be primary, so then they have to split it. But the second thing that Rabbonin disagreed with, according to Rab Nassim, he holds not only the Balabor, and usually the initiator, but whatever the balance is, gets rolled over to someone who's primary. So here, even though both are primary, but you cannot charge the Baal, uh, but there's no rollover, according to Chachomim. So therefore, the most you can charge is 
the 25%, which is the portion of liability on the Balashor, there's a write-off of 75%, because since it's Tom, you wouldn't be able to collect the 50% either. And the, the second 25% you can't collect, because the Balashor Pazumagdashim is exempt, and there's no rollover back onto the Baal Hashor. So that is according to the uh, uh, when when uh, when uh, Ravina says a quarter, uh, and when uh, the, the 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 opinion of Abaya that says it's Chatsi is going like Rab because you're right, it should have been twenty five percent, twenty five percent. You can't collect from the Baal uh, from the Baal uh, uh, of the Psalm Magdoshin, but now he holds this rollover, which you can't collect, goes back onto the other primary damager, and he has to pay the full Chatzinezek, and that's why it's half. So that would be one way of interpreting this. Ibai's Emmy have another way of explaining this, and where you can say in this case, Abai and Rav are not arguing in terms of the different shitas. Right? In the first way, they're, they, they want, it's not a personal argument, they're just reflecting different shitas. Here it could be that they're both in the same shita. There's no machlokas bachlal, even on the Tanaic level. It's all the Rabbonin. And if it's going like the Rabbonin, so now, Habatam, Habamud, once a time, once a muad. So Abai that says Chatzinezek, that is going to be the case of Muad, like the Chachamim, two primary, they split it 50-50, you can't collect in the second 50, you only collect from the first 50, the second 50 is the, the Bab Salim you can't collect from. And the uh, Ravina that says that it's a quarter, that's the case of Tom, because it should have been Chatzi, 25-25, can't collect 125, you can collect from the other 25. So a, that's one way, one version of this Gemara. Igid Amri, there's an alternative version. Abaya Amr Chatzi Nezek, he says that in, uh, it should be a half damages. Okay, that stays the same. Ravina changes in this version. Ravina Amar, instead of saying a quarter, he says Kula Nezek, you're paying the full amount. So, in this case, the Gemara says, how can you explain the two opinions? Hava, hava, muad. Here you say they're both talking about a muad. So, haku rabbonon. The rabbonon who says, Abayah says, chatzin nezek. That's like the rabbonon, two primary damages that should each be paying half. Can't collect from one, you can only collect the half from the other. The one that says you pay the full is rollover. What you can't collect from the Babsal Mikdashim gets rolled back onto the other Balashor. And therefore, instead of chatzin, because it's muad, you pay, he pays nezek sholem. Ibai says, haba haku rabbonon. Or you can say they're both going in the sheet of nosen. And again, how does it work out? So if you hold that it is Nezek Sholem, Rav Nosen holds by Muad, it rolls over to the first owner, the, the Balashor, he pays full. In the case of Tom, it should be a quarter and a quarter, but you can't charge the quarter to the Bob Sulem So that rolls over to the uh, Balashor, and here he pays the full Chatzin Nezek, and that's the case of Tom is Chatzin. So that's the other way of learning it. Now we're going to deal with a case where there's three parties for liability. Amarova, sure, if an ox, an Adam, a person, Shadach Vilabor pushed an, uh, uh, we'll see if it's a person, an animal, utensils, depends, pushed it into a bore and caused either the, uh, caused there to be the person died or there was damage. Uh, uh, so what we'll see over here, how do you divide it up between these three entities? So Linyan Nezokin, concerning Nezek, Kulan Chayovin, Everybody is Chayev. Now, the Bala Shor is Chayev, Geshor the damage is Chayev Nezek. And Autumn the damage is another person is also Chayev damage. If it is a person that fell into the bore, if he doesn't die, then the Bala Shor is also Chayev Nezek. So therefore, in the, din, the, the Din of Nezek will be divided three ways. If it is a person that fell in, if it's an animal that fell in, then also for sure it will be divided three ways. So, Laginya Nezokin, 
it's Chulan Chayovin. Le'inyan Arba Dvarim, now it's four Dvarim, are the four payments, the additional four payments that you pay for damaging a person that only a man has to pay for. A, an ox damaging or a boar doesn't pay for the four. So in Arba Dvarim, or Dmei Vlados, if it was a pregnant woman that lost her fetus and has to pay for the fetus, again, it's only damage done by a person pays for fetuses. So therefore, Adam Achayev, in the four things, and for Dmei Vlados, only the Adam, but the Baal Ashor and the Baal Habora, Potter. La'inyan Kofr Shloshim Shal Eved. If it was killed a free person or it killed an Eved, so the Eved or a free person at the bottom of the pit, the only ones who chay for Kofr or Shloshim Shal Eved is a Shor. Shor, a person's Shor kills a person, you have to pay Kofr to the relatives. A person's Shor kills an Eved, you have to pay Shloshim to Eved to the owner of the Eved. But a, for the Din of Bor, or the din of Adam, Adam is Chayv Misa, so therefore, even when he's not Chayv Misa, because it's Beshogeg, or it's without Adam, there's a din of Kamle Bedravimina, you don't pay. So therefore, there's no din Kofr Shloshim Shal Evet by Adam, there is only a din of Shloshim Evet by the Shor, so therefore, Shor Chayv, but the Adam Abor, would be Pturim from the Kofr or Shloshim Shal Evet. Le'inyan Kalim. If Kalim fell into the bore, was pushed in by the Shor, or the, uh, or, or the Adam. Or Psula Mugdashim, that, now in this case, Psula Mugdashim means there was sure that was redeemed. So, the sure that had been redeemed, there is payments that are made, because it's considered Shor Re'eyu, but the only exemption is, as we learned, uh, as, as we're gonna learn, is Psula Mugdashim, had robbers din, is Psula Mugdashim that have been redeemed, since you can't keep the mace, because you have to bury it, there's a special exemption on bore. So, Kalim are exempt from bore, and Sharpsul Magdashim are exempt from bore. So therefore, if it was Kalim or Sharpsul Magdashim that had been redeemed or pushed into a bore, Adam pushed it in is Chayev. The Shor that helped push it in is going to be Chayev. But the bore will be Potter because those things are exempt for the din of bore. My time, why Absul Magdashim exempt if they fall into a bore? Because the Potter says, Vamais Yeloi, that then when the animal falls into the pit, then he has to pay for the the owner of the animal, and and the simple shot is the owner of the boar keeps the mace, but that's much can keep it to do something with it. So Misha mace only when he can keep it and do what he wants with it. that have been redeemed, there's still a residual kedusha, and you can't feed it to dogs, you can't sell it to goyim, you have to bury it if it died. If you want to eat it, and you can check it, but here it can't eat it because it died. So Yotzazed that excludes a bala boar from having to pay for damages if it's a because you cannot be Samara so says that this interpretation Samara says that Rava seems according to what we just said that's Pashit that Amesi Yelo comes to exclude Sulamakdashim. But the MS is boy boy le Rava. Rava asked us as a Shaila. He was not sure about it. The boy Rava Rava asked the Shaila that Sulamakdashim Shinafalabar Mahu. What's the din of an ox that had been redeemed, that had been had a blemish of Sulamakdashim? Hi Mesi Yeloi, do we Say that the interpretation is the way we just explained it. That Amesiola means the Mishamesholos only if you can get to keep the mace. And since the Bala Bor doesn't keep the mace, he has to bury it. If it's Psalmikdoshim, you can't keep it. So So therefore, in Psalmikdoshim, you would not be chayev to pay payments because there's no kiyum of Mesiolo. That's one way of understanding. Oh, Dilma of Amesiolo is Labailim Metavlim Benavelu It's similar to the Gemara we had way back on 
on uh, Daf Yud that we learn out that it says Amesi Yolo by a few cases by a short killing a short also says Amesi Yolo that means that Amesi Yolo is going on the Baal Hashor on the owner of the victim that he has to keep it he has to take care of it that there's depreciation because it starts the carcass starts to rot it's on the Cheshman of the Baalim of the Shor so maybe Amesi Yolo is not going on the Baalim of the, on the Baalim Abor maybe Amesi Yolo means he keeps the Shor is going on the Baal Hashor and it's come to teach me the dinner Pras Nevelo that the, the, the Baalim Atapla Benavela, who does, is coming to teach me that the responsibility for taking care of the carcass is on the Baal Hashor, that he's stuck with the depreciation that will happen. And then you don't have it available to teach me for Psula Mekdoshim. So Rava asked that as a Shaila. So why are you giving a Psak that makes it clear that he understood it for, that it's an exemption for Psula Mekdoshim? When says, Bosa Dabai, Hadabashta. He's, yeah, Rava initially asked the Shaila, but now he concluded, he made it, he was, he, he, he resolved it that Amesiel is coming to tell you that the, it has to belong to the Baal Habor. If it doesn't, there's an exemption of payment, and that's why Psalm Magdashim, you're potter. So if you don't use the Amesiyelo for Baalim Ataplim Benavela, for Pras Nevela, that the Baalim, the owner of the ox, is responsible for the carcass, if for depreciation, if you don't learn it from Amesiyelo that's written by Bor, so where can you learn it out from? So when it says, Because as we said on Dafyud, that Amesiyelo by Shor, it mentions there, it actually mentions a few times, and that's how Rashi, the Rishonim explained, is that Amesiyelo is for, for the case of shore killing a shore. It's for all cases where there's a victim that's a shore. And even in the case of Bor, we're going to learn it out from the extra Vamesilo that's written there to teach me that there is Pras Nevela, the responsibility of depreciation is on the Baal Hashor. So that's what we're going to learn, we're going to use it from. So what I want to know like this. So you have a Maceo written by Shore Killing Ashore. And you have a Maceo that's written by a Bor, a, a Bor Killing Ashore. And yet you're utilizing them differently. The Maceo by Bor, you're telling me, is going on the owner of the Bor to tell me that he is exempt if he doesn't keep the, if he can't keep the mace because it's got, because it's, it has to be buried. And in the case of Shor killing a Shor, you're learning Amesi Yelo to tell me that it's going on the Baal Hashor, the, 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 uh, victim has to take responsibility for the carcass and he loses depreciation if it goes down. So when it says, my chazis, how do you see that Amesi Yelo of Shor, the case of Shor killing Shor is to teach me that the owner of the, the ox who damaged, uh, who, who's, I'm sorry, the victim, the owner, the victim of the ox is responsible for depreciation. And yet, of the case of Bor, is coming as an exemption. It's actually a leniency that you don't have to pay, that the, the owner of the Bor is exempt from paying if he's not able to keep the carcass. So how do you see how to apply the Mesiyelo uh, in the case of Shor and uh, in the case of Maisiel, the case of Bor, maybe it should be switched around. Maybe when a shore kills a shore, there's an exempt in a psulam and when a shore, and a bor kills a shore, maybe that's where you say that um, that that nevela uh, that the depreciation is on the owner of of the ox. 
So Moran says, Mustabra Ptur Gabe Bor. If there's going to be an exemption, a leniency that you don't have to pay, it makes sense to say it in the case of Bor and not in the case of Shore killing a Shore. Why? Because we see other complete exemptions. We see that if Kalim fall in, you're exempt. So same way as we see exemptions like Abba Kalim by Bor, makes sense to say that Psalm Magdashim also going to be exempt by Bor. We don't see Kalim exempt by Shore damaging Kalim, so therefore we don't see the sense of exemptions more greater by Shore killing Shore than we do by Bor. We apply this exemption to Bor. When it says Ada Rabba Ptur Gabi Shor, there is exemption by a by a Shor. Shekain Potter Chatzinezik Tama. The first two or three times, you don't have to pay full damages. So it's an exemption. You're paying half. We don't find a complete exemption. There's a complete write-off that you don't get to pay anything. That we find by bor, we don't find by shor. So if you're going to apply another one of those exemptions by psalm magdashim that you don't have to pay anything, makes sense to put it under the category of bor and not to put it under the category of shor. Gentlemen, have a good day.